This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, we're going to be talking about something that affects all of us at one point or another in our lives, and a lot of it happens to us as we get a little bit older, and we um, all the things that we were told when we were brought up and when we were young were different than they actually are and and uh, sometimes it leads to depression sometimes it leads to a lack of hope and uh, we're going to be talking about that today with an author his name is uh, neil elliott d neil elliott and he's written a book and we're going to be talking about that but first i got to talk to my friend eric who is standing there in the studio standing there beside himself how are you young man hey kevin i'm doing fine how are you today I'm uh, excellent, thank you. It's a Wednesday, and I get to talk to you. I can't think of a better spend time, better way to spend my time on a Wednesday than talking to you. Well, likewise, and uh, you know what a beautiful day we've got for it too. Yes, indeed. What I haven't had a chance to even leave my little space. What the, what's the weather look like like? In, in coming up in the next couple of days. Is it going to be all right? <laughs> well, I would have suggested enjoying it today, but <laughs> <laughs> we've got about three hours left. you still got time to get out there and enjoy it because uh, it looks like it's going to be cooling off a little bit. We'll get a little more rain here in the next few days, but uh, next week things will get back to the springy sunshine. I keep thinking that March, now we're going to get into May here, or, or April here in a little bit. I keep on thinking that, that we should be warmer than we are, but it seems like every year it, I, it, this is about the normal uh, temperature that we have, and then it, and we have to wait till May. Well, it is March still, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Not cool. Not for very long, only a couple of days. That's only right. A couple of days. So thank you, Eric. And uh, um, you're, you, I know that you're never going to have to deal with this because your life is full of uh, passion and vibrancy and you do uh, things um, that excite you all the time and, and stuff. But, there, <laughs> but I know that to be true, so don't deny it. But there's, <laughs> there are some of us that they get to, we get to a certain point in our life when it's like, you know, you've heard it described as the midlife crisis. You've heard it described as as other, you know, like depression and life isn't going the way that we want it to anymore. And 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 then you get to be my age when it's like, now let me do the math. Uh, my father died and when he was 76. My grandfather died when he was 71. My father-in-law died when he was 79. And I'm 65. So the law of averages dictates that uh, my better days are behind me. And and we've got a gentleman here today that has uh, written a book. And that at the tender age of 57, he was depressed, anxious, and fearful, and he felt trapped. Um, you're you're nowhere near that. So you're like in your mid 20s yet. So you've got a <laughs> long time. I wish that was the case, but uh, you know, it. I think it's important for everybody to try and make the most of life. Regardless I, of their age. I agree. But sometimes we get lost and we need help. Well, and that's this, true. And he's written a book that, uh, which is called The Higher Road. And we are going to talk about that right now because Neil Elliott is with us. He's, call, he's from Vancouver. And we're going to spend some time talking about his book. Have I misrepresented 
um, your story at all, uh, Neil? No, I don't think so. And uh, uh, Kevin, it's great to be on the show with you today. And uh, and just because you guys were chatting about the weather, you know, Vancouver seems to be almost in lockstep with Seattle in terms of weather. Yeah, it is. Well, we're not very far apart. No, we're only like 180 miles, 170 miles, or whatever it is, um, and and stuff. And and you are in Vancouver, and I love. You know, if you guys would let me in, I'd go there. But uh, in into Canada, but then you don't want to let us Americans go up there to live. So I get it. Um, so, but when you were 57, what happened to you? You know, uh, so professional engineer with an MBA worked in the hydroelectric industry for, you know, over 30 years. And when I was 57, you know, I kind of, from 2002 to 2015, I slowly drove myself into this really deep, dark, despondent depression. And I wouldn't have called it that. Uh, I just recognized that I was totally miserable and uh, unhappy. Uh, it didn't matter how much money I made, where I went on vacation, you know, the joy and the happiness my family had, none of that mattered. And uh, I was just miserable where I was at. I had great clients and I had great work, but um, I just, life was a misery for me. So I spent a couple of years uh, trying to figure out how to come out of that. Uh, reading some newly issued spiritual books, reading some science books. And uh, November, early November 2017, our house had been on the market for five years, uh, finally sold. Uh, uh, my wife jumped on a plane to visit uh, family and friends in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We we're in this little one-bedroom rental apartment. I sat down at the kitchen table planned out my suicide, crafted my suicide note. I was just, I was done. You know, it's like, I, I thought if life is this miserable and, and I feel this misery, no matter what I do, how much money I make, what I own, uh, you know, I was just, I was done with it. I didn't want to, uh, didn't want to keep going anymore. So I planned it out about three months to help my wife move, get rid of all the crap we accumulate, stuff in our attics and basements, and try and burden that load. And uh, so that's what happened at 57. November 57. The story is on, of course. Well, thank God you're still here. And, well, and yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, a lot of, I was just thinking about that, and it's kind of like, okay, I'm going um, to commit suicide, but I need a to-do list first. Of, yes. Do this and engineer. Yeah, <laughs> it's that engineer kind of brain, I suppose. Um, you got to have a a list of everything. You got to check everything off and and get it all done. And then I'm going to go and take a bullet and do what I, you know, what I have to do. But you, at what point did you recognize that suicide wasn't the answer? Well, you know, uh, so what happened was I, I, about a week prior to me sitting down and crafting the suicide note, and I was planning it out, like I said, about three months to ensure my wife would be financially okay, you know, life insurance and stuff, and, um, you know, get rid of all the crap and then say goodbye to people without them knowing what I was going to do. And a week prior, some information 
fortuitously arrived, and it promised to liberate me if I studied and followed it. And I thought, well, you know, I was looking for any sliver of hope to keep going. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll study it. And if it works, fantastic. And if it doesn't work, I can pull the trigger. And so I pushed out the date of the suicide and I started studying that. And uh, a year later, almost a year to the day, November 2018, I woke up, I realized my depression was, in deti- and now I call it depression, but my sadness and misery and, and lack of hope was totally gone. I was just, I was full of this inner peace and love and joy. And I felt totally prosperous and abundant. No matter, you know, nothing really changed in my environment. Yes, our house sold and, and uh, you know, we went into a rental situation. I got rid of stuff, which was good. Still on that process. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was miraculous. So I don't know if I ever really came to the conclusion it wasn't the way. It's just that I, I had uh, faith. It might not be the right word. It was the only thing coming to me at the moment. But I had, I, I had optimism that maybe this process will work. And if it doesn't, I have a way out. Did it ever dawn on you that the reason that this came into your life was to save your life and it was not an accident well i will now that i'm you know can look i have the option to look in the rear view mirror at what happened i would say that everything that happened to me uh was happened for a purpose i regret at this point you know in 2015 i would have regretted many many things that i'd done in my life and been angry and maybe upset about many circumstances i had found myself in uh, now I look back at my life and I and I'm overjoyed with everything and every event that happened because it was all designed to get me to this place. I call it for for those of you that have not heard this before. I call it the fifty thousand foot view, and what that is is that we do not get to see the fifty thousand foot view. And what I mean by that is. If you go up in a helicopter or a, uh, or a plane and you're at 50,000 feet, you can see the surroundings, you can see the landscape, you can see for miles and miles and miles and miles. We are getting the benefit of being on the ground in the forest. We get to see the tree ahead of us and the tree behind us. And so we have to use a measure of trust to continue to walking down the path and trust that someone somehow is going to take us on the right way. And occasionally when we start walking the wrong way, then we will get nudged back to do the right thing and get back on the right way so that because our guides and the people that, that support us and God, if you will, or the universe, they're there to support us and what we do. And so their mission is to get us to the meadow where the creek is, where it's sunshiny and it's warm and we can just relax and be because that's what our our mission is does that does that ring true to you at all uh, yeah absolutely you know it's um uh, you know and i'll say it this way now i wouldn't have before but you know it's only through lessons of suffering will the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after it is discarded the ego and 
we can talk about this, but you know, we, all of us, you know, we're designed to come here on this evolutionary process of the soul to uh, experience what we want to experience, to learn the things that we want to learn and to finally wake up and then begin this process to coming back to our truth and, and being who we really are, which is to be this expression of our soul versus our ego and um while we let the ego take command and control of our life uh, we let all of these external events uh, dictate how we feel and how we respond to people this this uh, separation that we feel you know from one person to another and every everything and every object in your in your life and it's those uh events that teach us lessons and and sometimes we keep getting them <laughs> from a lot of different areas until we finally go you know say something happens where we finally go enough is enough and uh maybe it's i'm going to commit suicide maybe it's some other event but many times you know it, it's something that we consider to be negative that gets us to a place where we're willing to then go through this process of finding something that resonates with us, gets us on this path, and gets us to a place where we surrender. And when we surrender, we allow the universal God, Yahweh, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, enter into us and start to cleanse us and rebuild us to allow our soul to gain mastery in our life, to allow our soul to be this expression of unconditional love in the moment, in the now. And what that does is you, you, you go through this process of having full trust and faith in the universe, if you will, or God. And when you do that, then you allow it to do its work through you and bring you back to who you really are. And who you really are was something that you wanted before you even came here. It was a contract that you made with yourself that, that you determined that this is this trip through life. This is what I would like to accomplish. I want to learn how to forgive. I want to learn how to love. I want to learn how to be a giving, loving, a compassionate person. Cause I haven't always been that in my existence and I really want to experience that. And so you, you might come here to experience that. And so obstacles are put in your way so that you can truly understand how to experience it by getting over the obstacles that have been placed in your way. Does that make any sense at all? Oh, totally. And, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to go one step further and say, you designed everything that comes to you. And when you're here in this, this form where we let the ego take control, we, we use the uh, <clears throat> mechanisms of the universe through our thinking and our feeling to create these rebound forms that come back to burden and wound us. And, and you know, as humans in, in trapped in this egoic way of thinking, we, you know, we experience our past, things that have happened in our past we project them into the future and we believe that they will continue to come and burden and wound us. And, 
you know, you, we go through this process and, and my book, you know, utilizes science to bridge this gap science in a way, which everybody's going to understand, but uses this, um, what we know in science today, uh, to bridge this gap between spirituality and science to allow your mind to, uh, understand some constructs and some, uh, concepts that will make sense and resonate with you and and in a very rational logical way for you to make this leap in faith to start to understand that you have designed your life and everything that's coming to you is something that you've designed to get you to this point where you whenever it's right for you to wake up and then head down this path of creating love and peace and joy in not only in your life but in everyone around you See, and Neil, that's why I wanted to have you here today, because you, your book, which is called A Higher Road, does bridge the gap between necessarily science and spirituality and energy and all of those things, because they're actually, in my humble opinion, a whole lot closer related than, than some people would have you believe. And it's, it really is important that we that we look at it from a perspective, a total perspective of everything we're looking or talking about. And I would like to, um, I, I think, I think it's great what, what you're doing, but we may be having a little bit of problem with your, with your audio. So what I'd like to do is, uh, Eric, can we go ahead and line up the commercials and, and go to commercial break so that we can, cause this, this is really important information. And I want people to get the whole thing. So if we, if we could uh, uh, go to break a little bit early, we're just a touch early. And, uh, and so that um, we can maybe clear up the uh, microphone issue. So, so you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW, 1150 AM. We'll be right back after these important messages. Hey there. I'm excited that you're listening right now. And if you like what we're doing here, you're going to love PositiveTalkRadio.net. On PositiveTalkRadio.net, each show, which is recorded live, is packed with positive information, with real people discussing real issues, and positive solutions that can work for everyone. I hope that you'll join us on PositiveTalkRadio.net and listen to all 340-plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's PositiveTalkRadio.net, your home for great progressive positive podcasts. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, my friend. I'd really like to thank you for listening to the show today. As you may know, I started Positive Talk Radio way back in 2003. We were one of the first shows on KKNW. For 11 months, I was fortunate to be part of many lives, making a positive difference with great interviews and discussions, creating new thoughts and ideas. Sadly, for financial reasons, I had to terminate the show. Well, it took 18 years, but we're back better than ever. 
And not only on KKNW Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but also podcasting with several inspiring channels with the same driving passion as the original. Please visit kmmedia.pro for complete information about all of these shows. In addition, if you feel called to keep positive programming on the air, you can join us by sponsoring the show and aligning yourself with our mission, which is nothing short of saving the planet and each other. Again, that's kmmedia.pro. I'll see you there. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host, and I wanted to alert you to something that I really want you to be to go do, if you would please. And if you go to um, um, KKNW's website, which is 1150kknw.com, um, you can fill out the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses are going to help the station tailor itself to what you'd like to hear on the station. And uh, as an added incentive, when you fill out the uh, survey, you have a chance to win a round trip uh, passage for two to the Victoria Clippers. So you can go see uh, Neil Elliott up in uh, Vancouver and on your way to Victoria, which is a different place. I, I understand that. Um, and uh, and plus, you get a $100 gift certificate to Famous Dave's Restaurant. So if you would just log into 1150kknw.com and, and go fill out the survey, and you're automatically entered into the contest uh, so that you can um, perhaps win and then go on the Victoria Clipper. Um, and I'd like to thank you on behalf of all the hosts here on KKNW, but I'm mostly, you know, this is self-serving. I'll just let them know that you like positive talk radio the best. And, uh, we, we, and then, and then I might even, you know, say thank you, which I will say thank you for your listening today. And, but go to KKNW, go to 1150kknw.com and therefore, uh, fill out the survey, and then you can win a trip to uh, uh, Victoria on the Clipper. It, it's a great trip. It's, it's a beautiful scenery, and and in the summertime, and and uh, Neil, have you ever done that? Uh, been on the Clipper? Yeah. Been to been to Victoria. I have not been on the Clipper. There, that'd be a cool trip. Yeah, it it really is. And by the way, you're you're sounding much better now. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a little problem with um, the you know the tool we're using where echo cancel or um, automatically adjust the microphone volume. And, uh, I didn't catch that earlier. Oh well, I'm glad that you and Eric had a chance to have a bonding moment and figure <laughs> figure it out while we were while we were away. So uh, we're talking with uh, Neil Elliott. He's written the book uh, A Higher Road. It is about his. Um, his journey from Helen back um, and to where he is today, which uh, it really is um, a groundbreaking book. And uh, by the way, if you would like to give us a call and talk to uh, Neil, you're welcome to do that. Even if you're in, in you know, like BC, uh, you can give us a call and, and uh, at 425-373-5527 or 888 888- Two nine eight five five six nine. If you have a question for him about what he's doing and about the book, um, so um, Neil, describe for us what what makes this book 
different? How are you presenting the information that people can take in and might make sense to them where in, in other writings it wouldn't? Great question. Uh, So what I've done is uh, I've crafted the book in five sections. First section is what you're going to, you know, kind of learn. You get a little glimpse of uh, the structure of the book. The, the second section is really a very candid memoir to describe uh, the kinds of uh, thinking and feeling that I adopted uh, that created every event and every experience that comes into my life, uh, that came into my life uh, to teach me these lessons we're talking about. And I wanted to do that in a way that people could, you know, understand my story, how I uh, adopted these patterns of thinking and feeling uh, so that they could, if they're interested, possibly look at their own lives and see the kinds of patterns of thinking, a feeling that they've adopted, you know, that they think it's like everything that we think is right or wrong, good or bad, or true or false is really just a belief. And when you can get to this understanding of that, it's really just a belief and then understand how you can change your beliefs to bring you back to uh, let your soul gain mastery of your life and bring this love and peace and joy into your life, uh, then you can come to this uh, place where we are today and uh, no matter where you start. So the second part is this candid memoir. The third part is uh, a chapter in consciousness and in science. And I use uh, some scientific information everybody will understand so that they can grasp these concepts that we're going to talk about later in the book. The fourth part, I introduce people to this material that I received. And I don't tell anybody right now what that material is because... Uh, it's branded in such a way that if I had, uh, that material had been given to me in 2015 or earlier or 2016 and earlier, I probably would have rejected it out of hand. And uh, you need to get to this place where, you know, you're kind of, you're like a little child full of curiosity and wonder without any prejudgment. And if you can do that, And so that is what I try and do in my book is get everybody to the same page, uh, same place before I introduce this material to them. So in the fourth part, I introduce this material. And then the fifth part uh, is my story as I've gone, went through these seven steps that I offer to people to consider for themselves, uh, to bring them into, you know, kind of who they really are and let their soul gain mastery of their life and bring them peace and love and joy and abundance, no matter whether you live in a mansion, you live on the street, whether you're ill or you're healthy or you're happy or you're depressed. I can tell you everybody has their own stuff that they're dealing with. And if you can understand who you really are and then come back to that, you can totally transform your life. And it will be like you've never experienced before. Just doesn't matter what goes on, you'll be happy. You'll be happy, happy, happy. And you know what's interesting about that, Neil, is that that a lot of us go through our entire lives and have really no idea of who we really are or how to even go about trying to find out who we really are. Um, We just don't know. And we are the sum parts of our experiences, but we don't we don't stop to think about how those things are are 
related to one another and what what the universe is trying to tell us moving forward and did you find that to be true with a lot of people that you talk to yeah absolutely and uh you know the way i describe this is that um you know when you're born uh, you come in with this plan and we go through this process so from babyhood to age five the brain has not yet developed to make decisions on its own so really this baby is this uh, embodiment of joy and love especially if you've been born into uh, you know a place where you're well fed and clothed and diapers changed and what we're really doing is we're absorbing everything in our environment we're absorbing uh, our parents kind of language and and yes german english french whatever but what i really mean is it is it loving and kind and supportive language or is it denigrating and vengeful and judgmental language and uh what's happening is the baby is absorbing this and and um starting to program its subconscious mind and uh, then at age five or so the brain has developed to a place where it can start to make its own decisions and so now the child is starting to make decisions from this uh, shaping of its uh, personality through you know its early childhood and then starting to build concepts and constructs that reinforce this personality and so as a baby grows from babyhood to adulthood it thinks it's becoming versed in the ways of the world but really what it's doing is binding down its soul and shutting it off from the light from connecting to back to source and uh we and this is the ego this is the ego taking control you know we we bond with everything we like uh i like chocolate ice cream i like this people i like that kind of car and we reject everything we don't like you know i don't like that person i don't like that kind of food i don't want to go to that event and so we we constantly doing this bonding rejection uh aspect of life which is really uh creating uh through the forces of electromagnetism these rebound forms for us that come back to burden and wound us and it's this repetitive thinking that we have reinforced that where we put this consciousness plan out into the universe and through our thinking and our feeling you think with electrical impulses in the brain you feel with magnetic impulses in the nervous system you create this blueprint this consciousness plan that as you reinforce it and magnetize it through repetitive thinking and feeling it creates this rebound form to come back to you to teach you this lesson and so when you can rebuild your consciousness to be congruent with where we come from which is unconditional love and where we return to after death of this ephemeral body uh, you come back into alignment with who you are and then you get help from the universe in this continual cleansing and rebuilding your consciousness so that it's in alignment with where we come from and when you do that then what you start to do is create these rebound forms of love and peace and joy that then start to return to you and um and when you go through this process of you know i'll call it healing of self when you go through this process then what happens is that 
just your very presence can help wake other people up, can help heal other people. Because your response to them will be from a position of love, from a thought of love and, and a feeling of love and kindness. And even though they might not recognize it, but at a soul level, you're starting to help them and their soul wake up. And uh, so I describe this as this. It's like this, this body is a, like a self-driving car. So it's good for a lifetime. You've rented it for a lifetime. And uh, as you grow from baby, uh, you know, babyhood to about age five or adulthood, what you're doing is you're programming the self-driving aspect of this car. And then, uh, you know, the ego is in the driver's seat. The soul you've bound down in the passenger seat, you've bonded it all up. And the soul is uh, trying to talk to you and, and wake you up. And your ego is just ignoring it. So now you're driving down the road. And uh, the self-driving car says, okay, I'm going to go left. And uh, the soul, you know, or the ego, if it's not thinking, yeah, it might let the car go left. But the ego can still make this conscious choice of, no, no, I'm not going to go left. I'm going to go straight. The soul in the passenger seat is going, no, go right, go right, go right. But the ego is not paying attention to it. So what we need to do is go through this process of this uh, inner cleansing of consciousness and rebuilding it to unwrap all these bondages of the soul to allow that soul to then get in the passenger seat, put the ego in the passenger seat, or, or excuse me, the soul to get in the driver's seat, put the ego into the passenger seat, and then in addition to start to reprogram this car to be congruent with where you're coming from, with where we come from, which is unconditional love. And as we go through this process, the ego is still trying to intervene. Oh, do this, do this, do this. And, you know, if the soul's driving along and has control and then, you know, it's kind of lost consciousness, so to speak, of what's going on in the moment, you know, the ego might still be able to go, no, go left, go left. And, you know, the soul will go left. And so then, but then the soul recognizes that, oh, my ego just jumped in there and made me go left. I didn't want to go left. I wanted to go straight. So you have an opportunity to correct it. And so, <clears throat> you know, really it's this process of we just let the ego take control and we really need to get the, let the soul take control of our life. When we talk about the ego versus the soul, what does the for lack of a better term, what does the ego sound like and where does it come from? And how do we know when we are putting the ego in the passenger seat and we're being driven by the soul? How do we, is there a distinction between the two? Well, there's a distinction from my perspective. There's a distinction in that, um, you know, initially you can look at it like this. The little I mind of ego is created at the time of conception. The soul's infused in this, in this uh, when, you know, sperm fertilizes ovum, the soul has infused its life plan and a fragment of itself in this process. And it's hidden in the ego, or below, beneath the ego, so to speak. And we let the ego take control as we go through this process of shaping and honing and hewing our personality for this lifetime. And you can recognize it because the little I mind of ego is self-centered. You know, it's like, oh, that, I like that ice cream and I make these judgments and that person's, uh, you know, not a nice person and they may denigrate that person. So 
any time that you have a thought which is based in a judgment of an externality and you respond to that externality with that judgment, that's really the ego doing the work. So what's an example of this? An example of this is, um, you know, during this pandemic, there were two people uh, walking down the street, uh, two women, and they're approaching the base of this uh, historic building. You had to go up these large steps to, to enter into the building on the second floor. And as they approached the base of those stairs, this elderly woman came out of the second floor and she was really angry and she was gesticulating wildly. She stopped at the top of the stairs. She stared down at these women on the street and she said, you can stare all you want. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. One of the women at the, on the street, she went, oh my goodness, this woman's dangerous. I'm phoning the police. So she stepped back, pulled out her cell phone, dialed 911. The other woman, uh, she went, oh, I wonder if this person is okay. I wonder if this person needs help. So she reached out and said, are you okay? Do you need help? And uh, the woman on top of the stairs, she immediately responded and, and, you know, calmed down and told her story. Now, the only difference between these two things, uh, between these two experiences of these women on the street, is the personalities, these uh, adoption of beliefs of uh, what they adopted as childhood, what they experienced in their childhood and reinforced as they grew up. And... Uh, and what we need to do is you can recognize, and if you go through a higher road, cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety, if you actually do the seven steps, you will get a very specific list to start with about the kinds of things that are contrary to unconditional love, that are embedded in your subconscious, which are like, uh, these thoughts embedded in your subconscious are like concrete. You need this process to get in there, to dissolve them, to break them up, and then rebuild them. And so you get this very specific list to start with. And as you go through and you, you cleanse yourself of these specific things, slowly you'll gain this understanding that, oh, um, that's an egoic thought. And... Uh, I'm judging that person. I'm denigrating that person. I have a, a negative thought about that person. In reality, everything is is love. Everything is from love. But we're just having these experiences that we judge uh, to be contrary to love to help us create these rebound forms to teach us these lessons. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, I didn't mention this. So, what happened to me was that uh, I woke up in November 2018 after this year of study and I was full of this inner peace and love and joy. At the end of December, so a month later, I went into these two meditations, uh, two days apart, went into this meditation. As you go through this uh, very specific meditation, you're, you'll raise your frequency or your vibration of your human consciousness. And so I went into these meditations, the, uh, my consciousness very quickly rose. And then all of a sudden the spiritual energy flowed into my head. It filled my body. And then all of a sudden I was 
fully encased and enveloped in unconditional love. It was like I was a deep sea diver suspended in the ocean. All of a sudden I was just surrounded by unconditional love in and out. I was not judged. I, I felt totally supported. Uh, didn't matter what I'd done in the past. Didn't matter what anybody had done. Didn't matter what I did to anybody else. I just felt totally loved and peace. And I just, and I wanted to stay there forever. And I came out of that meditation. Two days later, I had the exact same meditation. And at that point, I knew that this process I followed, that this new knowledge I gained that helped me go through this process and bridge this gap between spirituality and science brings us back to our truth of who we really are. And from then on, it's been this ongoing journey of this continual cleansing and rebuilding. And my life is, you know, I, I barely recognize what my life was like before. I know it was there. I don't experience it at all. I have no anger, no hate, no, no, um, recriminations for my past, no regrets. I just, I'm just in this entirely different view of the world and uh, of everything that's going on in the, in the environment. That was probably more than you asked. <laughs> no, no, that's actually, that, that was really was very, very uh, good and astute. And, but it does bring up a couple of questions for me. And one of which is, I've always wondered this, is that, you know, the soul that comes from that comes from the universe it's part of the universe we are all connected it is the energy and it is a very 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 powerful entity in and of itself being part of a larger entity that it's even more powerful than and so forth and so on why is it that it it at when it comes to us and our vehicle which is our body why is it that at times it is so subtle when in fact it could assert itself to attain certain things do you think that it's part of our learning experience and what we are here to gain from it why do you why would how would you answer that so uh, everybody's gonna have to make their own decision on this but uh, if you go through these seven steps, and, and I'll keep going back to this, you will learn the difference between universal consciousness, divine consciousness, and human consciousness. So we are all consciousness made visible through the uh, forces of electromagnetism that draw and bond uh, energy together to create particles and elements and uh, and cells, etc. Everything that you see in the material universe at a very fundamental live, level is just energy. And universal consciousness uh, is two primary impulses. Uh, the impulse of will to move out and create uh, with the uh, impulse of purpose uh, to draw and bond things together, to give form to this consciousness plan, to experience it, to experience itself. So universal consciousness is these opposing impulses locked in a mutual embrace of equilibrium, and they're in silence and stillness. And they are such a high frequency of vibration 
that until you raise your human consciousness, even though it emits unconditional love to us consistently uh, through every moment of our life, it cannot enter into you and make yourself known to, a, to you until you begin this process to raise your human vibrational consciousness. Oh, that just so, makes way too darn much sense. So <laughs> at the time of the Big Bang, these impulses, so when when God, if you will, or, or the universal wanted to design something to experience itself, it uh, created what we see as a Big Bang. It tore these impulses apart. And these impulses apart, uh, torn apart, uh, also work in silence and stillness, in equilibrium, but they also work as this energy of electromagnetism to to this consciousness plan, which is the will, and uh, electromagnetism to, to attract and to bond or to repel and push away. And these are the forces that draw this energy together. So universal consciousness is still in silence and stillness, and it doesn't matter how science tries to po probe space, they will never be able to detect it. Spirituality is not a uh, mental construct. It's not something that you understand and, and, and reason. It's something that you feel and you experience. And so we can use these concepts that we understand, these, and I'll call them shadow consciousness forms, to get a mental construct of, of how and why we're here and uh and it will help you bridge this gap between spirituality and science so that you come to this place where you can actually feel and experience who you really are your soul which is this basic energy which is consciousness made visible your soul isn't made visible but this body's made visible through through these uh forces of uh electromagnetism in what we call divine consciousness or what i'll call divine consciousness and so, yes, the creator could, if it wanted to, come in and make itself known to you and, and change everybody's life. But the thing is that when you understand this and you understand that you're in this evolutionary process of the soul, you understand that your soul is going through these things to be able to come here to learn in a very basic way to come back to its truth of who you really are and then begin to make a conscious choice of I choose love over my egoic will of things that I want to create, things that I consider to be right and wrong, good and bad, true and false, and things that I consider to make me happy, which is really external from you. Your happiness is not derive from anything around you these are merely reflections of your beliefs happiness really comes from within for you to express without so we have contracts and this whole experience that we're going through is really for the creator to experience itself through all of these things which are contrary to unconditional love to expand and grow the breadth of what consciousness is. But the evolutionary process of the soul is to go through, and part of this process is for us to wake up, understand that through our thinking and our feeling, we create everything that comes to us. And to begin, and things are slowed down in this thing that we call time, 
which doesn't really exist, but in this illusion. And really what we're here to learn is to wake up, understand our truth, understand we create our reality, and then learn how to choose love in everything we do, make conscious choice of what we're doing, and to understand how we create these things in our life so that we begin to take an active role in creating consciousness forms that are all based in love. Is there one more thing that that comes into play, which is the experience, the experience mm -hmm. of being a human, the experience of, I, I, I'll give you an example um, that, that I came up with, and I wonder, I don't know if it makes any sense or not, but I call it pumpkin pie. These three, three, three souls are on the other side, and they're talking to one another, and and um, we're talking about some of the pleasures that they experienced on Earth. And one of them, and then two of them, start talking about Thanksgiving. And one said to the other, "What do, what do you, what was your favorite part of Thanksgiving?" He said, "Oh man, it had to be the pumpkin pie. The pumpkin pie is the most wonderful thing. It's off awesome." Well, the third person had never had pumpkin pie, had not experienced Thanksgiving. And, and um, he says, well, what is pumpkin pie like? Well, I, I, and the, the other two tried to explain it to him. And it's like, well, it's kind of like, well, no, it's not really. They could not explain it to him because they it, because it was something that you had to physically experience. The taste of it, the look of it, the, how it feels in your mouth, how it rolls around, the, the whipped cream and, the, and, the, and, the, and everything. So the, the third no, soul made it a, an important part of his next mission that he was going to go have Thanksgiving and have pumpkin pie. Well, he did. And then after he, he went back to heaven or went back to home, went back home after his life here was done, he could then have an intelligent conversation with the other two about how wonderful pumpkin pie was because now he experienced, he had experienced it. So now he knew, does that make any sense at all to you? Or am I just, well, uh, well, I like, I like the analogy. Um, you know, my understanding, uh, is that you know we're all unified in the divine yes so every every soul is a individual individuated aspect of the unity and the wholeness of the divine so we all come here with our own plans to experience all these various things and for instance i may love coffee and you might like tea and i don't drink tea and i drink coffee but when we're back and we're um, you know, joined together in this, in this uh, unity of wholeness in the divine, I can experience what you've experienced because you've helped expand this aspect of consciousness. You can experience what I've, I've experienced because I've helped expand this, this uh, expansion of consciousness. So, and, so not only is it an individual experience, it's part of the collective. It's and part of the collective. And as as the collective experience grows, we all grow together. Hence, the reason why we are doing all of this is to ex improve the experience of the collective, so that we can all rise. Because you know what what is it? Something rises all boats, um, and and so we. I forget the name of what. An incoming tide rises all boats. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Thank you. So does that, so that, that does make sense then. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, so I think we're we're all here to, you know, have these various experiences that we've designed and your uh, journey is unique to you and unique to your soul and mine is the same. But fundamentally, every person on this planet is, at, from a soul perspective, is unconditional love. So when I see people today, I look to recognize their soul as equal to my soul. Their soul is unconditional love. And whatever they're doing, uh, you know, something that we might as humans consider to be uh, negative, denigrating, hurtful, harmful, I look at them as a soul that hasn't yet woken up and that they're creating these lessons, these rebound forms to finally wake them up. But at the same time, it's giving me an opportunity to not judge them, to see what they're doing, and to be able to express unconditional love to them to help them wake up. And I hope some of them wake up soon. That's, that's, all I can, <laughs> that's all I can tell you. Especially in this country, I hope some of them wake up soon. Uh, by the way, we're talking with D. Um, uh, D. Elliot, or D. D. Neil Elliot. Excuse me, I apologize. Uh, he's written the book A Higher Road. Um, please get the book. Go to his website, which is D. Neil elliot.com um it's it really is a, a remarkable book he's got all kinds of resources here and stuff it's, it's it really is cool did you, when you were 57 and in the depths of despair did you ever think that you would end up being where you are no no i didn't i i just couldn't even uh, imagine you know people that had a, a positive outlook for example my uh, my second wife uh, whom we're still happily married together uh, you know she I used to say to her she would somebody would come they might do something and I go oh that person's a real a-hole or you know however I describe that person and she go no you can't judge them like that you don't know what happened to them this morning you don't know what experience they had as a child and so don't judge them like that. See them for who they are and know that they're, you know, kind of learning and maybe they had a bad experience. Maybe they had a, a fight with their spouse this morning. And uh, so I called her view of the world looking through rose-colored glasses. But now I can tell you, I understand. I look and, through those same rose-colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and you know something? It's a lot more fun. Uh, oh. You don't have to worry about the negativity, hate, division, and fear, and you can just concentrate on the love. That's, oh, absolutely. I've got just a minute left, and I want to tell you I've had a great – this has been a great discussion. I really have enjoyed having you on. You'll need to come back because there's so much more that we could talk about in regards to all of this. But I've got, you've got about 30 seconds. Anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Oh, I'd say, you know, uh, if you are in any way, shape or form, want to change your life, uh, pick up a higher road and, uh, and read it cover to cover, make a decision for yourself. And, uh, if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. Put it on the shelf, reread it in five, 10 years, or give it to somebody else without colorful commentary and let them make a decision for themselves. This is going to be one of those books that's going to be around for a very long time. It's going to impact a lot of people. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. DNeilElliott.com. Go get the book. And by the way, take care of each other because, you know, each other's all we've got. We'll see you Friday. 
at noon.